Welcome back, guys, for another episode of In Plain Sight. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into what it is to be a parent during COVID. Uh, I, I think a really good perspective comes from um, uh, myself and Matt here as we as we dive into what it was for us to uh, bring in our infants through COVID. I, I think um, I think the main thing that you're going to get out of this is all the planning that you could actually do will mean nothing <laughs> if if like the world turns on its head and you don't really know what that means until it happens for us it was COVID. So we wanted to give you our perspectives. We wanted to uh, uh, tell you what, how we planned going into it, how everything changed, and then how we had to like maneuver in order to get back to um, some semblance of uh, raising a family. Um, with that being said, I gave you a bit of a spoiler. I I'm one of your hosts, I'm Andy, and this is Matt. Hello. All right, and as customary, we're gonna start off with talking about what we're drinking. Matt, what do you have today? I don't have much of a story behind mine. I just realized last night I don't have any beer. <laughs> so I quickly went to 7-Eleven and I got a 7-Eleven beer. Whoa, 7-Eleven actually makes beer? That was my reaction as well. <laughs> and it's 9% alcohol. That's that's amazing. Okay. All right. Yes. Are you going to are you going to taste it or are you going to just yeah, okay? I, I'm going to drink it. And then, um, so it's a 7-Eleven premium. I don't know if you can see that on there. The icon. I think that's Amber. Strong Amber vodka is with soda and lemon. For for our listeners, it's just like there's a big old 9% alcohol on there, a tiny 7-Eleven symbol at the top, and then lemon strong sour. Yes, <laughs> with vodka. So let's try this. And it's, I think it's made in Japan. A lot of Japanese for the headphone talk. users, like watch the crack about to happen. It's a can. Yep. All right. He's having trouble. Oh, I'm about to drink it. Got it. Nice. It's, it has an interesting taste. <laughs> Does it taste like sour lemon, as opposed to unsoured lemon? It tastes very. Lemony? Not nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. It tastes, like, it tastes like you would expect from a 7-Eleven beer. <laughs> it's sour lemon. Or so lemon, if you had to lemon. choose between having a 7-Eleven hot dog or a 7-Eleven beer, which one would you get? I would choose a hot dog. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> is that bad? All right. <laughs> but well, here's hoping that 9% makes up for it. Cheers. So. <laughs> let you know in 20 minutes mm -hmm. all right guys i have a uh colombian rum uh i'm going to butcher this name canasteros uh which you're not gonna be able to see um it's it's 80 proof 40 percent alcohol i'm not i want to get more into rum i wish i knew more about it but um i get gifted it a lot so i am trying my best to wait in those waters uh I will tell you on the nose, it already smells super, super sweet. A lot of vanilla notes. It's actually not too sweet. Um, it's pretty good. It doesn't burn a lot, uh, given that it's 80 proof, but uh, it's tasty. I, 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 again, I'm not much of a rum guy, but I, I would drink this pretty, 
pretty easily. Um, yeah, pretty uh, lackluster alcohol we have today here, Matt. <laughs> Is that nice, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Is so, it smooth, at least? Actually, yeah, it's it's pretty smooth. Um, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. It's got a huge body on it for those of you that actually care about that. But, um, yeah, it's it's not much. It's, it's not more pleasant than flavor. I expected. I, I expected this to be like pungent and um, like bitter and kind of nasty and reminiscent of Captain Morgan. But this this is really good. Yeah, you said you, you, people gift that to you a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I get I get rum a lot in gifts. Um. I think it's oh. because I talk about rum a lot because I, I want to get into it as oh. opposed to uh, scotch. <laughs> I have a lot of experience with scotch and I love scotch and I think everybody gets uh, incredibly afraid to gift me scotch because they're like, oh, he's probably had this and it probably sucks. So Yeah, <laughs> that elitist, yeah, that elitist as, snob. As, as I found out <laughs> from a few episodes ago, I may be an elitist snob when it comes to <laughs> scotch, so it makes more sense. so uh let's let's dive into it um i i had uh, my son came into our lives uh like may of 2020 and uh covid at the time was in full swing uh on uh, my side of the world um i i'm i'm in the dc area and uh at that point uh, Steph and I were concerned that both of us wouldn't even be allowed into the hospital at the time. Like we were hearing rumors about how New York was kicking out the husbands, um, so they couldn't be present for the birth. Um, that's that. Apparently, that was only really true in very small hospitals, uh, usually privately owned. Most public hospitals didn't have that concern. Um, I I know there were certain people who had planned to have their pregnancy or their uh, uh, their births at home or uh, in other locations at other birthing centers and they had to change what they were doing because of uh, COVID. So I, I would keep that in mind as you're um, lurking with ha- your, your birthing plans. But I, I wanted to start off by talking about when um, our kids came in our lives and at what point COVID affected us. So for me, COVID was just getting to its full swing. Uh, um, my son was born, and all of a sudden we were trying to figure out how to juggle a dog at home and both of us being stuck at the hospital. I couldn't leave because if I left, I'd have to go through the entire transition to just to get back into the room. So um, mask up, uh, the whole, like, uh, checking temperature, I had to do another test. It was a whole nine yards, so I, I couldn't really leave the hospital. I was there um, the uh, full three days with my wife, and then when we left, it was just like, I hope everything was okay, and we would transition out with Stephanie's brother, who was taking care of our dog, who left before we got home so that we wouldn't worry about contact. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of where COVID played into... Um, the birth of my son so do you want to talk about your daughter Matt sure um, so uh, our daughter is actually born a few months before uh, Andy's was um, but I feel like we got pretty lucky throughout the whole situation because actually in early 2020 we were living in the States at the time oh not 2020 sorry 2019 2019 
we were living in the States. And then something just told me that it's like, we need to go to Singapore now. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I just had this feeling while Joyce was pregnant that we, we should go to Singapore. And this was way before COVID was even on the radar. We just, there was like small snippets of it in the news in China. And then, so we went to, so we, we started the process of immigrating over back to Singapore, uh, my wife's hometown, my home country. And uh, when we got here, uh, we started hearing more and more about it. But luckily, we, it, Riley was born in January of 2020, and COVID was not, hasn't really came to Singapore yet. So we we're able to escape it just by like one or two months, I feel like. Mm. And um, we're in, we're at the hospital. Um, we didn't have to worry too much about restrictions or anything like that. Uh, so that was very nice. We felt very lucky because, like, immediately, like a few weeks later, the whole hospital closed down, locked oh, down. Wow. Similar. So it was literally almost the same month. Within yeah, a within month the anyway. same month. Oh. Within a month, like a week, a week or two later, it was locked down. Uh, but luckily for us, we had we were able to have family come over. So we didn't miss that experience. Um, but I would say that our, our story of Riley coming to being born was kind of funny. Uh, I was always very anxious. And I was always reading, doing what you should not do is go into Google and search, hey, is this okay? <laughs> my, my wife is feeling this way. Is she okay? And uh, for whatever reason, that night when she was born at, the, at home, um, there was a there was a lot of kicks, a lot. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I feel like there was nothing for a while, which was abnormal. Like, she, And so I told Joyce, like, this was like 2 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> 1 or 2 a.m. It's like, I think we should go to the hospital just in case. <laughs> and she was like, and Joyce was like, ah, it's fine, it's fine, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, it's okay. <laughs> I was like, can we just go just to make myself feel better? I was worried about maybe like the umbilical cord got cut. Like, oh god on the neck or something yeah well, I, was, I was like reading nightmare posts about it <laughs> way to psych okay. yourself out yes <laughs> so we did so again this is 2 a.m in the morning joyce is just trying to make me feel better so we didn't even tell our family that we we're going to the hospital oh so you guys just just went just got up and went how'd you convince her <laughs> no did she finally just give up and was like fine let's go she just saw me googling. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, fine. If we go to the hospital, will you sleep? It's like, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so we didn't bring any bags. We didn't bring anything with us to the to the hospital. We so didn't tell our family did, did at they all. Check your temperature or anything, or did you just no, like no. just regular like walk in and no. everything was dandy? Yeah, we just yeah, we just walked in. Wow. Everything was fine. Okay. Okay. No restrictions. It was just, we just walk, we, we call ahead of time to say, can we come in and stuff? But there was no uh, checkups or anything like so that. So then I, I have a question for you. So um, before, I, I imagine I imagine you did this as, uh, as much as I did. Before your daughter was born, did you have like a plan? Like I need to get this together. I have to get the nursery going. I need to make sure I have items X, Y, and Z. And then after COVID hit, you were like, Oh man, I should have had like all this other stuff. Like half the crap that I bought doesn't even matter right now. Did did you did you get to that point? I felt like we didn't buy enough. Oh really? Okay, tell me about we, that. We didn't buy. 
Um, like what 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 didn't you what didn't you have that you like if you did this all over again with hindsight what would you have uh, bought? Uh, I, I it's, a, it's a hard question to answer because I can't think of anything too much off the top of my head, but I just remember we did a lot of shopping for just general small things afterwards. Like oh this would be useful, and. Uh, um, yeah. But we decided we decided our our family to just quickly go to the store to buy whatever small things we need. It wasn't anything too, um, too critical. Okay, so not like uh like a uh, newborn diapers or anything like that. You had those. Yeah, we had diapers. We had we had all that, okay. and supplies wise in this, in Singapore it was never a struggle. Okay. Not, maybe not like how it was in the states. Um, but we did we did do a lot of preparation. We had a crib and everything, but. We did, our room was dirty. It was messy. <laughs> our house. <laughs> we had to clean a lot of things. <laughs> like, crap, we have a baby here now, and we have to clean at the same time. <laughs> and then, well, luckily, we had a lot of family support. But I was going to say, when we went back to the hospital, the, the uh, Joyce, we, I couldn't go in the, in, uh, in the hospital room with her to do the checkup to make sure the oh. baby was okay. Okay. Wow. So they just, they left us out, left me out, and then all of a sudden Joyce comes out. And she's like, she starts crying. It's like, oh, why are you crying? Oh yeah, that like, would have freaked uh, me out. Yeah, I thought I thought that was the end of it. She's oh. like, oh, it's happening now. It's happening now. We're <laughs> <laughs> having a baby. <laughs> oh yay! <laughs> oh, and by the way, yeah, your your fears were totally unwarranted. <laughs> Everything was fine. <laughs> baby moving is a good thing. <laughs> Hey, I'm glad you yeah, guys so went. That, That's awesome. Yeah, so luckily, because apparently Joyce was in labor the last one or two or three days. Uh, oh, wow. Wow, she's a trooper. That's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah she was having contractions for like two days, and she didn't notice at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the whole, the whole uh, pregnancy after that was pretty smooth, I feel like. At what point did you uh, feel the uh, impact of COVID? Or ever. I feel like we did. We it, it was the paranoia of family coming over to visit the baby, mm -hmm. and family is very important to me, as it is for you. Yep. And and I wanted people to have that experience of coming over and like holding the baby. But every time I felt like, should I? Are you okay? Where did you go? <laughs> what are the last five places you've been to? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for some of my family whose who's work where they had to deal with a lot of people at once, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, it, was, and it was still the early days. This was January, February of 2019. And, um, I, and I felt well, one of the early moments was when um, Riley was still in the crib and she was very small. And uh, Joyce's uh, cousin who also has a five-year-old kid, came over. And the kid was just going crazy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> High energy, off the walls, bouncing all over the place. Like wearing a mask <laughs> or no? No, no mask no at mask. this time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and, then, and then while Riley was sleeping in her crib, uh, the, the kid jumped on top of the, the cot and was, like, shaking it and was like... And, as soon as she jumps off of the crib, the, the crib she goes, Achoo! Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> and she wants to climb it again. I was like, no, 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 no you didn't. <laughs> this is... and I was like, but I couldn't say much. And I was like, I went to Joyce. I was like, I am not okay with this. <laughs> and then afterwards, a kid was just constantly like sneezing, coughing all over the place. No, even without COVID, I would have been worried. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then the Joyce's cousin I was like, ah, it's okay. She's not sick. We already went to the, the doctor. The doctor said she's fine, not contagious. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. No, the sneezing was still bothered me for sure. Oh, like, as... yeah, it turned... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. As we were going to the hospital, like, um, actually not even, probably like a month before the hospital, I was already researching, like, hey, how, what's the effect of COVID on uh, an unborn infant? And I was worried that if Steph caught COVID, that um, while he was still... Um, in the womb that he could catch it um uh, again stupid fear but uh, i i was researching that and, and it's it's rare it does happen but it's incredibly rare um cdc has a whole workup on it if it's something that you're concerned about and you should look at it they also have a workup on whether or not you can transmit covid through uh breastfeeding and whether you can provide the antibodies necessary for covid um uh, through breastfeeding uh spoiler you can't but uh it's still 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 a good workup I, cdc has a really nice article on it and you should definitely uh take a look um an interesting thing that i found though was with coronavirus uh it can mask or uh, develop I, i'm not quite sure the the pathology there but um rsv uh there was an increased uh like increased event rate of RSV within the United States at the same time of COVID. So I'm guessing there was some kind of at least correlation there. Um, I had to go look it up. I I'm going to butcher this respiratory syncytial virus. A lot of people are laughing right now. I'm right there with you. Um, apparently the COVID and that can share a lot of the same symptoms and uh, it like it was it was being masked and it wasn't being caught in time this is actually pretty deadly so if your infant is exhibiting any of those symptoms like don't don't just say oh it's covid they'll be fine because they're kids and it doesn't affect kids the same way like just go go get it checked out um it's serious it might not be covid it could be something much much worse uh, so that was always in the back of my head, and that was scared the entire time, and that was before I even showed up to the hospital for. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and so then, you you were already aware of this before he was born? Yeah, yeah, I, I was, uh, and like, um, uh, Steph's a medical professional, so when before she she she's a medical professional who did a residency at a hospital, so I was already terrified of everything in a hospital anyway. They can only clean things so much. They try as they might, but like they can only do so much cleaning and then like certain germs just become resistant to everything. So I, like, I was already concerned with the fact that my infant was um, like in this kind of atmosphere. I will say hospital was amazing, fantastic staff. Uh, like it was a crash course in three days. I learned a lot. I slept a little. Um, which which brings me to my next topic. How much sleep did you get in the first week that uh, you had your daughter? Uh, very little. 
<laughs> because it was my first kid, I was paranoid about everything. And I was thinking about buying like those oxygen things, oxygen socks. Have you, oh, have yep. you tried those? Mm -hmm. No, we had, we had them. We had them for a very long time. It was gifted to us from uh, Stephanie's brother. Yeah. Do you think they were, were helpful? <laughs> they helped me sleep at night. Oh, yep. did they? Oh, yeah. Oh. Like being able to see that white light on, knowing that he's okay. Mm -hmm. I was able to sleep better at night. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't use those. I thought about it at the time. But I was like, uh huh. Do because I, I it, it let me know. Two hundred dollars. So, yeah. so the week before, week before he was born, I stuck the sock on my. Um, I think I put it on my palm or something, wherever I can find a pulse, and I held my breath. And I was like, at what point is this going to go off? And it took like 45 seconds or so before it started like going off and saying low oxygen levels. And I was in like dire pain. So I wanted to know <laughs> at what point I needed to be sprinting over to my son. Um, oh. So I knew when that, if that alarm went off, then I needed to be there very quickly uh, and probably oh, be nice. calling 911 at the same time. But I definitely think those socks are worth it. Uh, I wish I knew the Just name. Just for that piece of mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Worth it. Um, but go ahead, please tell me what what else what else do you got? Oh, it's just that. Uh, <laughs> so I just misguided view that me and Joyce had to be in uh, awake <laughs> with uh, a few hours at a time. So like we had to take shifts. So when Joyce was sleeping, I was awake, even mm -hmm. at like three or four a.m. in the morning, <laughs> just watching. Is this baby okay? Is this baby? Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just constantly checking, like putting my hands, checking to see if they're breathing or not. And because uh, she was, we used a lot of um, the swaddles, is it called? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we had a, a, we had her all swaddled up. So, <laughs> and then I also had a misguided view too. Like, huh, I can watch TV while she's sleeping. <laughs> oh, no. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know. He did all right with a ton of noise. We, we, were, we were in a condo um, at the time, and, like, in his first month or two of life, the fire alarm went off twice. Uh, and both the times it was at 2 or 3 a.m. So we end up taking our kid out of his bassinet, putting, making sure the swaddle's nice and tight on him, and then carrying him downstairs with everything, absolutely everything in case it was a real fire so we can just hop in our car or go oh, to wow. a hotel, whatever. So... Steph and I are completely exhausted. We're carrying this kid going all the way downstairs to find out that it was some kid that pulled the alarm both times. Oh. The entire time, though, he was asleep. He was knocked out. I didn't care about the lights going off. Didn't care about the sound. Nothing. Get back oh, in. Man. Everything quiets down. Put him down. And he just wakes up. Oh. <laughs> it's the worst feeling in the world. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> but but Steph and I did something similar to Joyce and you, and I, and I don't know if it's misguided, but we took we took four hour shifts where one person would go in the master bedroom, shut the door, and just get sleep. Uh, the other person would go in the living room next to his bedroom and sleep with the door open so that if he starts crying, we could go in there and feed him real quick. Um, Stephanie was uh, breastfeeding at the time, so I would just go get whether it was a syringe or um, whatever it might have been, how much he needed, and I would just bottle feed him uh, and then put him back down in his bassinet. I will say, uh, to me, the best purchase we ever made for him 
um, was this electronic bassinet that uh, every single time he would cry or um, like shuffle in some way, it would notice he's awake and there'd be a mechanism in there and it would start to vibrate and shake him and then it would give oh. him like the soothing sound too in his ears. <laughs> it's super expensive but worth every penny. We got wow. so much extra sleep from it and it gave us like stats on his sleep. I was able, I, huh? I, I bought a little wise <laughs> camera that you can get for 15 bucks and I was able to watch him the entire time too, no matter where I was. Wow. I loved it. It was fantastic. Like those peace of mind things helped out a lot. But uh, again, like you, we didn't sleep for the first three months. It was, it was brutal. And, and, and for anybody listening, like this is super important because you don't, you don't function well without sleep you don't realize how less how much less you function until you go you know a good two weeks without sleep and you realize why did i just put my shoe in the fridge um doesn't need to go in the fridge so i like i i i think we're bringing this up just because yes to get you prepared for it but to set yourself up with like small things that are giving you convenience like at the front, you're like, no, whatever. I don't need to buy the little swaddle me's where I can just Velcro him into a swaddle. It, you know, if, if you could spare the expense, go for it. You know, that, that's one less step with the swaddle. You don't have to do it with the blanket. You don't have to worry about how tight it is. It's just put him in the little sack, flip it over, Velcro okay. him in, and he'll just go to sleep. Um, did you find any gadgets like that that you thought were super convenient and super helpful? Yeah, uh, n nothing, nothing quite like that. Uh, we didn't go too high tech, <laughs> but, that's, but what, what you mentioned was, sounds very useful. <laughs> it's amazing. We're gonna do it again if we have a second kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If we have a second kid, we're definitely gonna be buying that. Uh, but we did have, uh, funnily enough, because before I was always worried about, I was always. I was always the type to where I pay attention to statistics, mm -hmm. especially uh, when it comes to um, uh, cradle. Is a cradle death? What's the, um, what's the term for it? Sudden infant death syndrome. Sids. Yeah, sudden infant. Mm -hmm. Right, sids. Sids. I was always worried about sids <laughs> before Riley was born, even after as well. But um, but actually, I was surprised how how fast we were to not use the crib actually. Oh. So we, so we got one of those, um, or we or we gifted it from one of our family friends, a kind of like cot, small cot that you can put on the bed. There's a proper term for it, but I forget what it's called. It is protected, and we can actually see. We actually slept with Riley. A co-sleeper. You know, a co-sleeper, yes. Mm -hmm. So we had a co-sleeper that we used with her, uh, for almost after three or four weeks of taking care of her. <laughs> and I felt like I got much more sleep after that. So I yeah. could just quickly wake up, touch her. Are you okay? Yeah, you're okay. I go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that for the first month we actually kept his bassinet in our bedroom. So neither of Did us you? slept ever. But um, yeah, after after that we started basically when the, um, and again, like time is kind of meshed here for me. But whenever the pediatrician said, hey, it's okay to start allowing him to sleep by himself. He's getting this many hours. He's eating this much. He's at a good weight, good height. Go ahead and let's start it. Let, let him sleep by himself. I was like, okay. I kicked him out of the room. Um, so that's when <laughs> Steph and I went on shifts. Uh, You're right. And, and I don't know. I, I think he 
compared to I'm with you. I'm a stats guy. I like stats. Uh, for anybody who is a stats guy, go buy the book Crib Sheet. Amazing book. Uh, lady is a statistician. She uh, like documents everything about her kids and goes through the data and talks to other people and go through, goes through their data. Um, I thought I was going to be one of those parents that uh, documented absolutely everything and had numbers, and apparently I was. Uh, I have all the numbers for every poop, all many hours he slept, how many hours he was awake, how much how much time he did on his belly. I have all those numbers for the first seven months of his life. Um, but uh, you think I, about giving this a give it as a book to hey, this is <laughs> I still sad. have it. I don't know. It's an Excel sheet. Like I, ha- I have all the raw data just ready to go. I I don't like looking back now. It it was pointless. I don't know why I even yeah. had it. It it didn't help me at all. Um, the information at the front, getting it from the statistician was helpful, but putting it all down was just extra work for me. I don't know, like you're doing so much with your first kid that it's just, it's super pointless to even do that. Um, but yeah, no, uh, uh, I'm de- I was definitely a, a stats guy, um, with, with our son, we, we had him sleeping through the night we got lucky we had him sleeping through the night at like three or four months um like super super early i feel uh again time is melding a little bit for me but like now he sleeps 10 hours for the night most of the time except for now we he, he's sick um but yeah it's getting into and this probably leads me to my next topic is creating routines um a routine is super important for an infant and and getting into a uh, behavior where you're doing a proper bedtime routine you're doing a morning routine you're doing a playtime routine and getting him used to like okay if this happens and this happens next I know these other things will follow and you do it to the extent that it's just sickening how much you're just doing it over and over and over again he becomes a lot more comfortable with what's going on. Um, I think that's still true now. Like we, we still do everything by routines. And as we transition him from one thing to another, it's easy because we're just replacing one thing out of the routine and everything else stays normal. And he's okay with that. Um, but I, I know there's other methods too. And I'm not sure, did, did you do the, are you guys doing the routine method, Matt? We didn't have any strict routines per se. Um, the first six to nine months is quite a blur for us, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, luckily for us, you know, we had Joyce's mom and Joyce's uh, younger brother to staying at the house, and they both helped out a lot immensely. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if they're like, "Hey, we're, if you need to sleep, you go to sleep. We'll take care of her." Um, I think that, but we did go in kind of a sort of a routine, just in the sense of like. Okay, it's, it's it's been about three or four hours now. She probably needs her milk. So we were oh, just yeah. like, if she wasn't awake already, quietly wake her up, drink her milk. As Riley's drinking milk, Joyce is pumping milk. Um, so I think the first few months was very tough because mm-hmm. we weren't used to a, this sort of routine in general, this this or just this, this amount of disruption in our daily lives. But I feel like after once you get into it and you do develop your own sort of routine, it got it gets easier and easier. I felt like for us, but oh, then yeah. again, we had that, you know, take a village, take takes a village or raise a kid approach yeah, yeah. to Riley, 
which helped out immensely, which I know wasn't true for you guys. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, that's definitely what we wanted, but um, uh, COVID kind of prevented that. So by the time um, uh, our son was born, family couldn't come over. Like, nobody could actually come see us. I, I know, uh, personally, my parents were devastated because it was the first grandchild um, in our family that they were not there for the birth of, and I think they're still beating themselves up for that um, today. And, and I, but, I'm, but I'm with you. Like, the most important thing in the world is family. Um, so when, when they couldn't be around, or much of, us, much of our family couldn't be around for the first nine months, that was just difficult. Um, but like, I, I like that we're going back into COVID now. So with the routines, I actually think, at least if you take the routine approach, Steph and I had an easier time because of COVID. Um, with COVID around, we were stuck inside constantly. I, I worked from home and Stephanie couldn't work at the time um, because of COVID being a healthcare professional. So. Uh, the routine became like, well, you know, we're here and we can just do this, these things over and over and over again because it's easy. We're just here. Uh, whereas if we had to commute, it would have been harder to say, oh, well, you know, my my job is keeping me over another half hour. I can't start the bedtime routine at 530 like I normally do. Um, where we were, I was just like, okay, it's you know, time to get off work. I turn off the computer and I go upstairs and we start working on everything else that need to be done in the house before we start the bedtime routine. So I, I, I guess that's one of the advantages of COVID is that I was, we were already in a confined, um, confined space and we, we were, we were, you know, everything can be done a lot easier. I didn't have to worry about commuting and worry about travel. Um, I will say like the gear, the stuff we needed was a bit more difficult. Things we didn't know we need or we didn't know more of or um, as he transitioned out of nipples so quickly, it felt like we were just transitioning fast between the zeros, the ones and the twos um, that we were just purchasing on Amazon and hoping they would work. Like um, we couldn't just go to Bye Bye Baby and test it out or see or ask a sales associate anymore. Like those resources weren't available. There was no mom or dad groups anymore for um, those kinds of questions and Facebook and almost every other social uh, group was kind of engrossed in talking about COVID and its implications. So yeah, I definitely had the opposite experience where we were very much isolated and we had to figure out a lot of things on our own or by calling people and saying, hey, XYZ is happening, what do I do? How frequent was that for you guys as a first-time parents? Where how often were you guys asking for help? Um, in terms of like calling people and asking for advice, uh, I think that varies between Steph and I. I feel like uh, Steph would call her friends more often, not because we were stuck, but just to get a point, a different point of view. Steph and I tend to agree um, a lot about how uh, we should raise our son for for. For the most part, we agree a lot. And uh, on my cool. end, and I can really only speak, speak to my experience here, but on my end, I think I called my sister um, a couple times. I think I called my parents once. And uh, we, my, my family has a, a little um, 
a chat room on Facebook and like any anything happens, I usually just like throw it on there and be like, is this normal that he has 108 degrees? And they'd be like, no, go to the ER. Kid shouldn't be that. I'm just kidding. That never happened. Um, but <laughs> that's what I was going to say. 108. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but Did you put him in the oven? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was open. It is a gas oven. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I, I wish I had the ability to be like, hey, uh, mom, dad, come visit for us for like two or three weeks. Let Steph and I get one good night's rest right. um, and just like do you feel, enjoy that. Do you feel that because of that, those restrictions that you couldn't have family come over because of COVID and everything? And it was just you and Steph. Do you feel like that helped you bond more with your kid? Um, I think it helped me understand him better. Uh, and I feel like you you know what I mean. But uh, because I was in a confined and we were in the condo for the first four months of his life, because I was in a condo with him and I heard every noise he made, I heard every roll he made. I, I like I heard when his tummy rumbled and I like. I saw every bit of merconium that came out of him. Um, I I felt like I was able to understand him better. What I mean by that is when he when he cried a certain way, I feel like I caught on to it a lot quicker. I knew when he was hungry um, in the first three months, like depending on his cry. I knew uh, he really didn't like tummy time. He really did not like tummy time, <laughs> any bit of it. He, I, I swear, he looked at me, and if he could lift a middle finger, I think he would have. Um, I've I got, can't imagine. I've I can't, got pictures of him just that. staring me, and I'm just like, <laughs> you can't kill me with your eyes. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I feel like that won't be that first time for him. <laughs> no. Well, last time for him. He, he still does it. He's, he, has, he has a stare now. <laughs> he just looks at me with like this blank face, and he's like, I'm going to make your life hell. And and I know that's what he's saying. Like, I hear him, and I'm like, you know? Same. Same, kid. Yes. Um, but when he yeah. goes to therapy in the future, I'll be like, you see this video? <laughs> <laughs> this episode where he's talking about exactly the start of my problems. We'll be buried. There's no way this lasts that long. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's uh, what, what What's something the... What's something that you learned after your daughter was born that you wish you had known uh, beforehand? Can you repeat that question one more time? Yeah. What's something that you wish uh, you had known? What was something you know now that you wish you had known before your first child? Make it easy, I feel like. I feel like I was so anxious especially the first few months that I still remember when like Riley uh, smiled very early actually as a baby and because I was so into statistics and and doing the and googling things which I shouldn't have done uh, I realized that, like pretty early for her to smile so fast so she, she was smiling a lot for the first few weeks a lot and and I, instead of enjoying the moment of her smiling at me, like, hey, she's smiling at me, I felt like, 
there's something wrong with my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you smiling so much? Why are you so happy? Especially at you. <laughs> like, if I had you as a dad, God, I wouldn't be smiling. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Don't you know how I am? <laughs> I'm just kidding for all the listeners. He's a really good guy. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for that clear up. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I wish I just realized I should just take it more easy and live more in the moment. I know it's very uh, cliche to say that nowadays, but I, but now I definitely, now I feel like I try to live more in the moment. Every moment I have with her, I try to just know take a step back not put my phone down put my phone down just look at her just try to try to appreciate and remember every moment i have with her so that that was the biggest thing for me i feel like no that's fair i i I, uh i think i agree with you like i i I still am super anxious whenever he does anything and we have a fire mantle next to um his little play area and every single time he puts a foot on there i just imagine his head just going through the glass of the fire mantle and like i start to sweat get the jitters i'm like god please get off the freaking fire mantle um i think i think what i would tell myself uh would probably be something emotional as well and it's just to be more patient uh i i tend to uh i've said this before i'm a very much a goals oriented person so I set goals and I tell myself, okay, that's it. Um, and I like statistics to keep me in check of uh, like time markers. Unfortunately, with infants and toddlers, um, those time markers are so large. So when they say, hey, your kid should be sleeping through the night between three to nine months, you're like, oh, that's a six month window. But once he had three months, you know, that's when good old Andy was like, hey, you need to be sleeping through the night. That I mean, man, if I can go back to kick myself and say, you know, you don't need to be forcing your kid to sleep through the night. Dude's hungry, pick him up, give him some food. Um, I think I would have. Uh, and, and I think my patience is probably my biggest downfall. And it's funny because I knew it was going to be. So before he was born, I told myself, you know, be patient. You'll be fine. You got this. And I've calmed down. And you know this. We, we Matt and I have known each other since elementary school. Uh, school yeah, almost yeah. almost I, elementary school. Yeah. I used to be a hothead. Uh, I calmed down a lot. And then I felt a lot of that come back out um, in the first, like, probably in, like, the between three to nine months, like, and still now I'm like, still I trying. Feel like I feel like it's pretty understandable though, since it was just the two of you. Like, yeah, well, that and, and the lack of sleep, like no sleep, you you end up forgetting to eat. You just like everything. Like I stopped exercising because I just didn't have time, and I didn't want to go run without a mask. It was just terrible. But patience, I wish I had more of. Um, COVID was hard enough, and I feel like I was just making it harder. Uh, so I'm with you. Take it easy. Um, I think I, for any new parents that are out there, yeah. I, I my advice would be, um, your baby will eventually stop sleep or stop crying. Your baby will eventually sleep. You know, just have to keep reminding yourself that it's she's going to sleep. He's going to sleep. It's going to happen. And and that this time frame of these of these months of sleep regression issues, it's going to end eventually, and mm-hmm. things are going to be better. She's gonna get. They're eventually gonna sleep through the night, um, and you just have to just tough it out. 
those for those few months, <laughs> even though it's very unbearable. <laughs> I mean, I, I imagine it's much worse for for Andy than it was for me. Uh, but uh, it, it, it things get better, and you don't have to stress much about it. Yeah, uh, I mean, not to take away from it, it is stressful, <laughs> but it, it ends. It eventually ends. No, no, that's yeah. I, I think I think you're a hundred percent right. Um, I, and I, I think like for if if you're if you're a new parent coming into this and, and you're you're watching this because um, you're trying to figure out what to do, uh, I, I'm with Matt here. Like, take your time, be in the moment. You're you're going to not realize how fast things go even after the first year. Your your kid, you'll look at pictures of the day he was born and one year later and you go this is not the same kid like i must have lost him somewhere and somebody replaced him this is a different kid and it's gone it's like you can't go back to those moments sure the sleep was terrible but there was periods where the sleep wasn't bad you had time to hang out with your kid and if you don't keep those memories all you're ever going to remember are the bad times so take those good moments and make them last longer um integrate them into who you are with your child uh and this is not me telling a new parent or lecturing a new parent this is also me talking to me uh is something that i need to do and something i need to learn how to do um on a more daily basis uh with that somber note matt what do we have next week Oh, um, so I was going to ask you, what do you think about the topic of family meal times? Your experience eating with your family growing up, and how you're trying to share that experience with your own family. Do you think that's an interesting enough topic? Yeah, I, I think that's good. Um, I, we want to expand it to the kinds of meals that we want to bring. So what, what kind of like uh, the, the familial meals and why they might be important to us. And we can go into uh, how we structure that around our own families. I think that's a, that's a good way to do it, especially since we have um, the same age between you and us with our kids. But we have two very different cultures that we're, we're backing behind that. Mm -hmm. And then Tin can give us perspective of what that's like with uh, teenagers who I can only imagine <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not prepared for that. So yeah, uh, cool. Yeah. That sounds awesome. That's, that's a good topic. All right, guys Especially with my family. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's <laughs> fine. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us for this episode and we'll see you in the next one. All right. See you later guys.